it's probably wise not to suggest or not to hold in-person elections anywhere during a deadly pandemic where yesterday over a thousand people died in America, over a thousand deaths in America for the first time due to the coronavirus. You would think that this is a absolute no-brainer that we're not going to hold the Wisconsin primary on April 7th, five days from now. Well, if you thought that, of course, you would be wrong. Federal judge declines to postpone the April 7th presidential primaries in Wisconsin. A federal judge on Thursday declined to postpone Wisconsin's scheduled April 7th presidential primaries amid widespread worries that holding elections during the coronavirus pandemic could risk public health and curtail access to the polls. The ruling from U.S. District Judge William M. Conley means Wisconsin will remain the only one of 11 states originally scheduled to hold contests in April that has not postponed or dramatically altered voting amid a pandemic. However, in a 53-page ruling, Conley extended the deadline for absentee ballot to be received by local election officials by one week from April from 8 p.m. on April 7th to 4 p.m. on April 13th. His decision came after Conley told lawyers during an hours-long hearing Wednesday that he was disinclined to postpone the election without evidence that hundreds of thousands would see their voting rights curtailed, evidence that won't be available until Election Day, he said. At the same time, Conley rebuked lawyers for the Republican-controlled General Assembly, making clear that lawmakers and Governor Tony Evers are the ones who should have canceled the April 7th contest. Let's assume that this is a, a bad decision for the perspective of public health, and it could be excruciatingly bad, the judge said. I don't think it's the job of a federal district judge to act as a super health department for the state of Wisconsin. So, of course, the governor of Wisconsin, who, by the way, just like the governor of Ohio, technically, to the letter of the law, it isn't their decision whether to hold the primary. Uh, it's the state legislature's decision whether to hold the primary. But, but the Ohio governor, using his power as governor, uh, took means and said, well, I'm not going to honor the judge's ruling because a judge in Ohio ruled that the Ohio primary needed to go on. And he said, I'm going to disobey the judge's order as the governor of Ohio to keep the public hell, uh, safe. And he, he shut down the primaries as the governor because as your governor, there are things you could do to protect public health. So the Wisconsin governor, of course, is, he, he could shut it down right now. He could say, I will not allow the poll, polling stations to be open. To hell with what the judge is saying. More importantly, Bernie Sanders has come out saying there should not be a primary, an in-person primary on April 7th. He has said there should not be a primary on April 7th. What does Joe Biden say about this? You know, listen to the experts, Joe Biden. What does he say about this, whether there should be an in-person primary during a deadly pandemic where over a 1,000 people died yesterday? Over 5,000 have died. The numbers are going up hour by hour, day by day. You're seeing the horrible stories about, you know, hospitals needing to basically tell, tell ambulances coming. Sorry. We don't have any more room. Literally, patients coming in ambulances are being left there because there's no room, particularly in New York hospitals. They just had to make a makeshift hospital in Central Park. 
because they're running out of space. They're having to bring extra tr- refrigerators. I, I know this is horrible to even say, and it's who wants to hear about this, but they have to bring extra refrigerators to keep the bodies on ice. This is what we're dealing with right now. Joe Biden does not call on Wisconsin officials to postpone the Tuesday election. Quote, a convention having ten of, tens of thousands of people in one arena is very different than having people walk into a polling booth polling booth one at a time. That's for Wisconsin courts to decide. He also said some in-person voted could some in-person voting could be safely conducted in Wisconsin with social distancing while urging people to request absentee ballots. A Marquette, a Marquette poll found basically a 50-50 split when voters were asked if elections should go forward, big majority against having a convention. So let me bring you, you know, a quick trip down memory lane. You remember when Joe Biden, before Florida, was waxing and waning about the most sacred American right there is? State election officials are working closely with public health officials to hold safe elections. If you're feeling healthy, not showing symptoms, and not at risk of being exposed, please vote on Tuesday. Of course, at the time, this was reckless. He was literally going against CDC recommendations because as the CDC and Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Deborah Burke, which are Trump's uh, doctors at those press conferences, have been saying, many patients and many people with coronavirus have no symptoms. So Joe Biden was tweeting out things like that, urging people in Florida, particularly older people who are his base, who are the most receptive and vulnerable to COVID-19. Hey, go out and vote. I need your vote. If you die, you die, but I need your vote. He was even running radio ads in Florida on the day of the primary. Continue Obama's legacy. Vote for me. You know, we'll, get, we'll, we'll make sure the oxygen tanks are there for you. And now, he is saying he's running to be leader of the free world, leader of the Democratic Party, but he doesn't, apparently doesn't, Understand, right now is a moment for leadership for both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders to say, no, we're not having an election. There will be no in-person voting. We don't know enough about this pandemic. We don't know every way you could get it. We don't know if masks are foolproof. As, as we showed you and as people on Twitter showed you on the day of the Ohio primary, the Florida primary, the Illinois primary, social distancing is a nice concept. Amazon claims they're putting in provisions for social distancing. But the bottom line is when you have, it, when you have elections in person, you have people waiting online. There is no way to have people six feet from each other waiting online. At most of the places... Shamefully enough, in America, people are waiting online sometimes for three to four hours. So unless Joe Biden has a fireproof way where people are going to wait online six feet apart from each other, and as we saw in Illinois, Arizona, and Florida, a lot of polling places didn't have the necessary hand sanitizer, didn't have the necessary wipes, were missing sanitation equipment. And Joe Biden is literally saying, well, I'm not a judge, so you know, I'll leave that to the courts. It's not like I'm the Democratic frontrunner and could exhibit leadership here, right? L- listen what he's saying. 
State election officials are working closely with public health, health officials. What are they working on? There is no way, absolutely no way to guarantee people are going to be six feet apart from each other. We don't even know if that's the real an amount of space that people need. It could be more than that. Now there's reports that people could breathe it out. And if you pass somebody who has it that just breathed it, you could get it. We're going to have a one at a time. We're going to, okay, if we're having one at a time, people come in. Uh, are you going to have enough poll workers there to make sure people are six feet apart waiting in line? So Joe Biden, to me, it seems that, all right, he's up 300 delegates. He's, he's chicken shit. He doesn't want to debate Bernie. He said, ah, let's move on. We don't need more debates. He's, en he's enlisting all his allies at CNN, MSNBC to shame Bernie. You know, Whoopi Goldberg is out there, you know, shaming Bernie on The View. This is reckless. Joe Biden, and I, I don't want to be dramatic here, but I'm going to be dramatic because this is not on Bernie Sanders. He has called for the no in-person voting. Joe Biden is literally willing to risk the lives of voters in order to win another primary, which he probably will win Wisconsin. That's another story we could get into. He's willing to risk lives to get another victory and further, with his media allies, try and shame Bernie Sanders to drop out. That's what he's trying to do here. He's trying to add to the pile of victories, make it so the chorus demanding Bernie drop out get louder. Demand, he, he's trying then to get elected officials to start getting louder against Bernie Sanders. They're going to then, if, he, if Wisconsin goes forward, if Joe Biden wins, they are going to then turn around and paint Bernie Sanders as the one risking American voters' lives by refusing to drop out, thus us having to continue holding primaries. That's exactly what's going to happen. But the reality is Joe Biden is the one. And I don't want to hear it from Michael Tracy, by the way. Michael Tracy. Oh, but Jordan, Bernie Sanders' campaign manager during a live stream told voters to go vote on, uh, uh, in Ohio, Florida, and uh, Arizona. Yeah, I saw the live stream. He made a comment that suggested for people to go vote. He didn't urge people to go vote, and Bernie Sanders quickly shut him down. That's what I saw. Bernie Sanders' campaign on those days, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois, literally sent out text messages telling voters it's a personal choice. Not exactly a, a vibrant get-out-the-vote call, Bernie Sanders' campaign. And now he's saying these elections shouldn't happen in person. So Joe Biden, he don't give a He's willing to risk people's lives to get another victory. And by the way, this isn't like my opinion we already know that the decision to hold the Florida primary has already two, two Florida poll workers tested positive for coronavirus. This was five or six days ago. I saw an article where a third Florida poll worker tested positive. But how do we track in Florida, in Illinois, in Arizona? How do we track how many other poll workers have been tested positive? In those states, how do we track 
how many new cases of coronavirus in Arizona, Florida, Illinois? How do we track if those new cases, how many of them contracted it the day they went out to vote in those states? There's no way to track it. But I would venture to guess there's a good amount of people that went out to vote that contracted coronavirus in those states, particularly in Florida, since, frankly, it's a lot of older folks. Not only is Joe Biden urging people to go risk their lives to vote for him, sign of a true patriot, but, you know, maybe now's the time, you know, you've been serving your special interest donors, Wall Street, big pharma, private healthcare industry, saying, no, no, Medicare for all, bad, bad, bad. How are we going to pay for it? You know, oh, we, don't, we don't have to worry about how we're going to pay for $6 trillion a corporate bailout that we just put forward. No, no, nobody has to, nobody asks how we're going to pay for that, that they just rammed through. Joe, Bi- Joe Biden's cheering for this corporate bailout. But 10 million people are now unemployed. The new unemployment numbers came out. Six million this, six million claims this past week to go with another three and a half million, I believe. The first, the jig is up. How could you, with a straight face, make the claim that right now Medicare for all would not help this situation? There is 10 million people that have been laid off and filed unemployment. That's not to mention how, however many have been, fi- have been fired that haven't yet filed unemployment. So Medicare for all would not help those people? Well, according to Joe Biden, nope. Quote, the idea that this would have stopped the virus from occurring or would have fundamentally changed anything is just not accurate. This is what Joe Biden says. I don't know if he said it in a press release, in an interview. I don't know if he knew where he was at the time because he doesn't seem to know where he is half the time. I don't know if he stumbled through this. I don't know where this was said. But he says, no, no, it wouldn't have stopped the virus and it wouldn't fundamentally change anything. First of all, who has made the claim that Medicare for all would stop the coronavirus from helping, from happening? This is, this is trying to prove a negative bull****. Who made that claim? Let me get this straight. Okay, nobody, nobody suggested that it would have stopped the coronavirus from happening. But put, putting that stupidity aside, 10 million people no longer have their health care because ridiculously in America, health care is linked to your job. So Joe Biden is saying, no, no, Medicare for all wouldn't help them. Well, what are those people supposed to do? There's three options right now. You with me? Maybe some of you in the live chat are in this boat. You either get COBRA, which in New York is $600 a month, by the way, COBRA is $600 a month just to have it. Then you have to pay your normal deductible for the health insurance you have. All COBRA allows you to do is keep your company that just laid you off, keep your health insurance from that company. Then you have to pay massive deductibles, copays, and whatever. So if you're laid off, how are you going to afford paying in New York, $600 for, um, $600 for COBRA, and then your deductibles if you haven't met it, that's not a plan. That's a prison sentence economically because people that are laid off also have to figure out how they're going to pay their rent or their mortgage, their groceries, feed their children. They can't afford COBRA. Okay, so the number two option is Obamacare. 
Trump right now is sabotaging Obamacare. He won't. He will not uh, reopen the enrollment period. Okay, the, I think the enrollment period is in November. Trump has refused to reopen it, which is terrible of Trump. I'm not a fan of Obamacare, but it should be reopened. Okay, but with Obamacare, it apparently makes an exception for extraordinary circumstances, like if you've lost your job. Okay, you want to go right now to the? If I'm in New York, if you go to the Obamacare exchange. The New York Exchange, right now, if you got laid off, the shittiest, the shittiest plan probably costs you 400 to $500 a month. The shittiest plan, 400 to $500 a month. It's just unbelievable. You, if you get laid off, if you're laid off, you can't get Obamacare right now. How are you going to pay 400 to $500 for the cheapest plan on Obamacare? Oh, they say, oh, they'll give you an extra subsidy. If you got laid off, okay, find me the plan that is affordable in New York or in your state on Obamacare. You can't do it. You cannot find an affordable plan because you need that plan to be affordable enough where you still have to pay your rent. You have no money coming in if you've been laid off. You got to pay your rent or mortgage. You got to pay, you know, student loans. You have your normal bills with no money coming in. Oh, I'll get the Affordable Care Act for 300 to $400 a month. Are you kidding me? You want to know something that is a major, that, that shines a major light right now that Bernie's not even talking about? If he was still actually competing against Joe Biden, he would, have, he would bring this up. Why do you think it is that we have such a shortage of masks, that we have such a shortage of ventilators, that we have a shortage of everything, and we're relying on China to send it to us? Maybe because we made a trade deal with China that, and, and other trade deals that offshored all of our manufacturing in America. We made trade deals that sold our manufacturing jobs to China, Mexico, and other countries. So nothing is actually made here in America anymore. So you, if you worked in uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, a lot of other Rust Belt states, masks and things like that, they used to be made right here. But Joe Biden and the Democratic Party went along with the Republican Party to sell it all to the lowest bidder, China, Mexico, and other countries. I'm not knocking the Chinese worker or the Mexican worker because they're being exploited just like you and I. It's not their fault. They're trying to earn a living, and it's a living because they're getting paid slave wage. But our politicians are why we don't make anything here anymore because they sold you, the American worker, man and woman, they sold your jobs to other countries. Bernie's not even bringing this up. So here's what I say about this. Not only is Joe Biden completely full of Joe Biden, by what he's saying, by saying Medicare for all wouldn't make a difference here. Joe Biden, I have to assume, if elected president, what happens when the next pandemic comes? There will be another one, and it might be different. One might be a health pandemic. What happens when the inferno comes? The inferno meaning climate crisis. I don't call it the climate crisis. I call it the inferno. What happens when mass climate refugees come? What happens when the hurricanes, you know, we're having about three or four massive ones. What happens when that, tri that doubles? What happens when whole cities are flooded? When whole communities are flooded? 
You don't think people are going to get laid off then? You don't think we're going to be stuck in our, our, our rooms, our homes? You don't think businesses are going to get shut down? Is Medicare for All not going to help then? It's just insanity. It's disgusting. And honestly, if the American people, frankly, not you, but if the older people voting for Joe Biden, frankly, weren't so blinded and programmed by the media, they would realize the very entitlement that they have right now that they paid, in for, that they paid into and they deserve, they are depriving their children and their grandchildren's generation. Not you, because we do have a lot of older, vo- vo- a lot of older viewers that are with it and aren't part of the problem. They are depriving their children and their grandchildren from having the basic protections that they have. All because Chris Matthews and Rachel Maddow and Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper and all of these morons told them Joe Biden was the most electable. That's the reality. I interviewed uh, Christian Smalls yesterday. The interview, the full interview is up on YouTube, on this channel. I interviewed him before anyone did. And Christian was working at Amazon in Staten Island. He basically was seeing all of his, a lot of his coworkers vomiting, coughing, very sick, but not going home because if they go home, they don't get paid. This is at Amazon, owned by the richest man on earth. Okay? So Christian, very courageously, organized a walkout. He organized a walkout. I'm not going to be part of this. And for organizing a walkout, he was fired. Amazon came up with a bull explanation. You know, Christian was near other people with who, who, were, who tested positive for this. We sent him home paid, but he refused, you know, he came back. I mean, on its face, it doesn't make sense because Amazon knows, Jeff Bezos knows, you don't have to even test, you don't have to test positive to have coronavirus. There's plenty of people that haven't got a test. There's plenty of people that don't even feel the symptoms yet that are testing positive. So there is no legitimate way for Amazon, no legitimate way for Amazon to enforce social distancing. There's no legitimate way for them to know who has it and who doesn't. Yet they fired this man for basically organizing a walkout and urging other Amazon warehouses to organize a walkout. I want to show you some of this interview. Well, uh, number one, I've been there five years. I'm a supervisor. I supervise the outbound department. That's the department that picks the items from the robots, the customer's orders, um, before they get to the pack department to be shipped out the building. So I oversee that operation. Um, What I've seen over the past couple of weeks was... um, horrific um people were sick people were dizzy people were fatigued people were vomiting uh different symptoms for different people um it was crazy i've never seen something like this before this is something we never dealt with um this past tuesday like i said i I, my colleague she looked horrible i had a brief conversation with her uh before telling her that she needs to go home Uh, she informed me that she went to get test tested for the coronavirus uh, on uh the previous day monday Um, she had a mask on, she had gloves on. We had a brief conversation for about five minutes, but prior to that, she'd been in the building for a number of days for 10 hours a day. She was already exposed to a number of people. 
uh, hundreds of people already. Um, so I took action and I sent her home. Um, that was before our first known case. Uh, by 11 o'clock that morning, we had a small manager's meeting that we have every day. And that's what we learned. There was a, a known case in the building amongst the managing, a management team. They told us not to tell the employees we want to cause we don't want to cause any panic. So that right there was a red flag for me. I'm like, we don't want to tell anybody. I wasn't uh, I wasn't I didn't agree with that. And um, I took my stance again. I left. I told as many people as possible and I clocked out. Uh, and when you were talking to people who were vomiting and uh, experiencing these symptoms, uh, were they communicating that, you know, they were working because they didn't want to go home? They, if they're not going to get paid if they go home? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people have different financial situations. Uh, and that's the thing about Amazon is, you know, they pay well. Um, right now they're offering do- uh, double time for overtime and $2 raise. That's good. That's enough to keep people in that building sick. You know, people will risk their health, risk, you know, their health over wealth. And I mean, their wealth over health. So literally managers were deciding to withhold vital information from their employees that there was somebody who tested positive. Not to mention, I spoke a Christian. I mean, go watch the full interview. They didn't have the proper, you know, PPE, protective equipment to, to protect workers there in Staten Island. More importantly, I mean, not that, not that we don't care about the people working there. If they don't have the proper gloves, if they don't have the proper mess, they are sending packages to you, to me. So we don't really know everything about this virus. We don't know how long it, it, it lives. We don't know... You know, how long it could live on that package if they're not wearing gloves, handling packages, if they're wearing gloves, but the wrong kind of gloves. It's unbelievable. And by the way, not only in that Staten Island location did the managers not tell the workers, it took Christian stepping up. Status quo just found out earlier today, uh, folks in the Nassau where I'm from originally, Nassau County, Long Island. There's a, there was a positive case at DNY4 in Nassau County, New York, on March 20th, so quite a while ago. They, the employees weren't told until 11 days after that. So this person tested positive in Nassau County, New York. New York is the epicenter in America right now. They... The managers didn't tell employees for 11 days. Uh, this is blurred out. So you don't, you know, to protect people's identities. This is a group chat between people who work there. Did you get the call? Confirm positive Corona case on March 20th at our building. It was so bad today. Wait, what? There was a case confirmed at our site 11 days ago and they didn't close down? No, they're not closing down. You know what they're doing? Quote, unquote, deep cleaning. Quote, unquote, deep cleaning. So I'm detecting a pattern here. I'm detecting a pattern here. Amazon in Staten Island. Managers find out about a positive case. They decide, no, no, we don't want to create a panic. Let's not tell the workers. 
You are literally playing God with your workers' lives. It's up for the workers to decide what they should do if they want to go home because they don't feel safe, which they shouldn't. And a lot of workers, if you told them, would decide to stay. You want to know why? Because your scumbag CEO, Jeff Bezos, who's the richest man on earth, will not offer paid sick leave. Only to people that test positive for it. So you are putting people in a position who live paycheck to paycheck, which most Amazon workers do, to basically have to continue putting their lives at risk, working at your warehouse, because the CEO won't do the right thing and give them paid sick leave. So the managers there didn't tell the workers. At this Nassau County, New York uh, warehouse, again, that's where my parents live. My parents order things from Amazon. Person tests positive on March 20th. They don't tell the employees till 11 days later. Why is that? And more importantly, you know, Jeff Bezos is not an idiot. Jay Carney, former Obama press secretary, who's now a lobbyist, I think, for Amazon or, or some vice president, he's not an idiot. They're claiming that they're protecting their workers by sending people who test positive home and then sending people who are around that person that tested positive home too. Well, how could you possibly trace in warehouses every single person that cross paths with somebody who tests positive. It's impossible. These are warehouses. They're generally not so large. You cannot possibly trace who is passing somebody that tests positive. And more importantly, as Jeff Bezos and as Amazon executives know, you don't have to have a positive test to have coronavirus. You don't even have to have symptoms. There's a lot of people with coronavirus that for whatever reason in their bodies, they didn't feel any symptoms or they feel very mild symptoms. You know what? Two nights ago, I had a sore throat. I said to my girlfriend, oh, my my throat is feeling sore. I don't know what that was. I haven't been sleeping well, so maybe that's why my throat was bothering me. It kind of, you know, it came back the next night, mostly at night. My throat was feeling sore. Other than that, I have no symptoms. How the hell would I know? I, I'm, I'm not going to get tested because I don't want to. Honestly, I think it's more risky to go to a doctor or a hospital right now and be around other people that are sick. So unless I'm feeling symptoms, I'm not going to go try to get tested. But the point is, for all I know, that sore throat is the beginning signs of coronavirus. Knock on wood, I hope not. But it's the same thing. There are people in Amazon warehouses that have it but don't know it and are infecting other people. They, 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 they have flimsy masks that Amazon uh, is providing them, not the proper masks that you need, and they have gloves that aren't even, uh, and there's not enough of any of them. But he told me the masks and the gloves are very flimsy and could only be used once, and they don't have enough reinforcements. This is the richest man in the world. He's not protecting his workers, and we are at risk. So I asked Christian, well, God forbid, but if people start getting sick at Amazon and dying, should Jeff Bezos be prosecuted? Let's listen to what he said. 
do you think that uh, managers, but going even further, uh, Jeff Bezos should be facing uh, criminal prosecution if people are dying as a result of essentially being forced to work? Absolutely. You put a price on a human life. You put a price on them. You said, take the blood money, uh, make me billions, uh, go get sick and die. You're not listening to your, your employees right now. This building, this case is all over the nation right now as we speak. There's people contracting the virus as we speak. There's people getting sick as we speak. There's people spreading as we speak. Amazon is a breeding ground for the coronavirus. It's literally, it's in every major city. It's in every state. It's only a matter of time. Um, if I'm the government, shut them down. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. After not fighting at all on this corporate bailout, agreeing to this corporate bailout, agreeing to crumbs for the workers, crumbs for a $1,200 direct payment that most people don't have yet, which is totally inadequate, not enough. The unemployment is not enough, and unemployment offices all over the country are now being overrun. They can't even process the claims fast enough for you to get it. After handing over a $500 billion corporate bailout that could be leveraged 10 times to reach closer to 4.3 trillion estimates between 4.3 and 6 trillion, after agreeing to feeble provisions like an inspector general will oversee it, now, oh, the sheriff's coming to town. Nancy's coming to town. She form, she's calling for a select committee. Oh, you remember a select committee? What was that that they did a select committee for years ago? You know, Democrats and Republicans came together for a select committee. Now Nancy's calling for a select committee to oversee Trump's administration's distribution of more than $2 trillion in coronavirus relief funds. The committee is Pelosi's most aggressive effort. Oh, so aggressive. Yet to streamline the House's efforts to hold President Trump accountable for his implementation of the massive coronavirus response. I don't even want to read anymore because it's so fucking pathetic. First of all, what's amazing to me, Nancy... Pelosi is insulting your intelligence. First of all, I don't give a how many members are in this select committee. I don't particularly care who they are. Bernie Sanders could be on this select committee for all I care because it is going like everything else in Washington. It's going to be toothless. Just like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that was uh, put through by Warren at first, created by Warren. Once the Republicans got into control, they watered it down to the point where it's useless. So you mean to tell me that this corporate bailout overseen, by the way, by Steve Mnuchin, who is also delegating a former Morgan Stanley executive to oversee the corporate bailout? You mean to tell me that Nancy Pelosi and some members of the select committee are going to have any power to rein them in? Give me a break. Give me a break. Donald Trump is already stripping. Already. Mnuchin and Trump have already stripped away some of the quote-unquote um, safeguards or oversight. They've already been peeling that away. 
there's been reports that they're taking away oversight from it. Nancy Pelosi, you know, you know what might have been a little bit more effective, Ms. Speaker Pelosi? I don't know, gee, not agreeing to a $4 trillion corporate bailout in the first place? Putting your foot down? You do control the House of Representatives? They couldn't pass it without the House? And saying, no, 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 no. We're going to have separate legislation. You want to talk corporations? Fine, we'll talk corporate America later. The first bill is going to be a robust direct payments, $2,000 a month, every month, until this crisis is under control. Uh, unemployment for people who need it, an expansion of SNAP benefits, an expansion of Social Security. I know, this is just pie-in-the-sky fairy tales. No, we are not agreeing to a corporate bailout, period. And you know what? The country would have rallied around you because I don't think, I don't think the majority of Americans actually think the first order of business was bailing out Boeing or Wall Street. But because Nancy Pelosi is corrupted by the same donors Trump is corrupted by, by the same banks that that criminal Mnuchin is in bed with. Remember, Steve Mnuchin should, should have been put in jail if Kamala Harris, as attorney general of California, would have went after him. Steve Mnuchin presided over illegal foreclosures as an executive at, what was it, One West Bank? I might be getting the bank wrong. He's a criminal, so of course he's the treasury secretary. Nancy Pelosi, right now, is the problem. I don't want to, minis- I don't want to minimize Trump. He's, Trump is, let's make no mistake about it, Trump is responsible for the high number of deaths in America. He's not responsible that, for the coronavirus. You know, he didn't create the coronavirus. But his ignorance, his recklessness, him relying on Fox and Friends for medical information, rather than his experts in January, is why over 5,000 Americans have died. Yes, the coronavirus would, would have probably come to America. I'm not saying it wouldn't have come here. But if we had prepared two months ago with the ventilators, with the masks, with this hand sanitizer, uh, making sure we had enough uh, medical personnel, make, getting retired personnel out of retirement early and prepared having a mobilization system before putting in uh, safeguards and economic relief measures or, or at least getting them ready before, you would have had a whole lot less people die. And by the way, nobody has been talking about this. I'm talking about it. A lot of people disagree with me. Trump should have called for a national quarantine two weeks ago. I know a lot of civil libertarians would have been up in arms. I know a lot of progressives would have been up in arms. It goes against what I believe. But in this particular situation, it shouldn't have been a state-by-state guidance. You shouldn't have had some states like Florida run by idiots allowing people on the beach. New York, the media has been resurrect, you know, has been in, you know, making Governor Andrew Cuomo the next Jesus of Nazareth. But the reality is Governor Cuomo is doing a poor job here in New York. He has refused to call for a quarantine in a state that has the most diversity of any state in the country. New York City is a melting pot. 
there's a lot of people from Europe and China that travel to New York that could have been bringing coronavirus. I'm not knocking those people. I'm not, knack, I'm not knocking Chinese people. I'm not knocking anybody. But the point is, he should have called for a national The governor should have called for quarantine here two weeks ago. Yes, it's not pleasant to be forced to stay in your home for two weeks, but it would have shortened the lifespan of the virus. Donald Trump should have called for a national quarantine. But because all of these people think first about the economic effect and not about the, the minimizing the amount of lives lost, because the United Corporations of America, hail to the flag behind me, Because this is the United Corporations of America, we think first about jobs and economic and the economy rather than saving as many lives as possible. And because, ironically, because they think about the economy first and not taking the pro uh, proper, immediate, drastic measures. Yes, I know it's a drastic measure calling for a national quarantine. Because they refuse to do that, it's actually going to f*** the economy harder and longer in the long term. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are the ones that are allowing Mitch McConnell, President Trump, Boeing, Amazon, Wall Street to screw you. Yes, Bernie should have voted against it. Yes, Bernie should have led and organized against it. But it's not Bernie's fault that that passed. And the people ranting that it's Bernie's fault, please. You don't understand politics if you think it's Bernie's fault alone. And I love some of the people saying that, but you're just wrong. This New York Times piece was really something. And I tweeted about this earlier. And if you've never watched, if you got time in, this, in these trying times, if you're home, definitely watch Manufacturing Consent, watch it and read it. Noam Chomsky. But this New York Times piece was really, really unbelievable. Uh, the New York Times, I guess, contacted a lot of older voters uh, to see why did they go with Biden. And the common thing, they basically were regurgitating a lot of narratives and talking points that they heard on MSNBC and CNN. Here's one. Jane King, a financial investor from Boston who describes herself as progressive, began the presidential primary as an avowed supporter of Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. But as Warren's candidacy seemed to fade earlier this year, Ms. King looked elsewhere. She considered Bloomberg, uh, Warren's nemesis, which shows she doesn't actually have any ideology, because how could you go from Warren to Bloomberg? But I digress. She thought about Buttigieg and other moderate Ultimately, in the Massachusetts primary, that was a must-win for Ms. Warren. Ms. King voted for Biden. She was simply trying to be strategic, Ms. King admits. She was willing to do whatever was necessary to stop Bernie from becoming the nominee. I didn't want Bernie to beat Elizabeth in her own backyard, but then it became much more complicated than that, said Ms. King, 70 years old. Are we going to have a nominee who could take on the Republican Party? We have to stop Bernie. So... Why I'm saying that the people in this story that the New York Times quoted, I don't know the people, I'm not knocking them, were regurgitating talking points fed to them by the New York Times, MSNBC, CNN, Manufacturing Consent. Who gave Miss King the idea that Bernie Sanders was a automatic re-election of Donald Trump? Who gave her that idea? She's 70, so that's the general viewer of MSNBC, CNN. I'm not being rude, but 
their viewer happens to be older. How did it? How does it get into people's minds that Biden is the most electable against Trump, is the safest choice, and Bernie is is a danger? If if you, if Bernie becomes the nominee, Trump's going to get reelected. How do these people come to that conclusion? Could it be that people like Miss King have been fed this steady diet of narratives, lies? propaganda over and over and over and over. You know, I hear people, you know, Michael Tracy and others on Twitter said, you know, I don't buy that the media is why Bernie lost. It's not the only reason. It's certainly not the only reason. But Jen studied psychology. When you are repeatedly, repeatedly fed narratives as fact, narratives as understood truth, Narratives as common sense. Of course, Biden's the safest choice. Oh my God, Bernie is socialist. He's, he'll get crushed. Human beings internalize that. Thankfully, my viewers are more critical thinkers than that. But human beings who consume MSNBC, CNN, read the New York Times, listen to NPR, they internalize propaganda. And then... As many others have pointed out, they then become pundits. And they then, instead of voting the way their heart guides them, they vote based on being pundits. And, well, who's going to have the better chance and who will do better in this place and this and that and blah, 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 blah. It's 100% propaganda. Now... Miss King's entitled to her opinion, of course. We don't have to all agree, but her opinion is clearly informed by the propaganda she's internalizing. But it's not just her. In phone interviews, dozens of Democrats, mostly age 50 and over, who live in key March primary states like Massachusetts, Virginia, Michigan, and Florida, said that Mr. Biden's appeal went beyond his case for beating President Trump. It was his chances of overtaking Sanders, the only candidate in the vast Democratic field, they found objectionable for reasons personal and political. For some, like Amy Siegel of uh, Natick, Massachusetts, the anti-Sanders feeling relates back to 2016's Democratic primary, when she supported Hillary Clinton and believed Mr. Sanders ran a divisive campaign that wounded her ahead of the general election. This time around, she was supporting Buttigieg at first, but then she voted for Biden in her state's primary held on Super Tuesday, days after Buttigieg dropped out and endorsed the former vice president. Ms. Siegel said she decided to flip her vote even before Mr. Buttigieg exited the race. Right here is another perfect example. Perfect example of manufacturing consent. I wish, I wish Bernie Sanders ran a divisive campaign against Hillary Clinton. He might have won if he ran a divisive campaign against Hillary Clinton. I think he should have talked about her damn emails because everybody, else, every other candidate would have. I think he should have talked more about the corruption at the Clinton Foundation. I think he should have named names of who her Wall Street donors were. But Bernie, like in 2020 against Biden chose never to take the gloves off. 
Bernie Sanders gave Hillary Clinton a political gift during a debate when they asked him about the emails and he said, I don't want to talk about your damn emails. Did you see Hillary Clinton's face? She hasn't been that excited since the last time Bill Clinton was faithful to her. Just keeping it real. But why does Miss Siegel, I'm not knocking her, I'm sure she's a good person, why does she think Bernie was so divisive against Hillary? Maybe because that's what MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post have all fed to her for four and a half years. Yeah, he was so divisive when he went around the country campaigning for, in 40 places for her. He was so divisive when he basically at the Democratic National Convention told his supporters, who, ba who by the way, I was there, were being treated very, very mistreated by the Clinton campaign and the DNC, told them to pipe down and show support. He was so divisive when he ran around, went around the country saying nice things about her, even though he didn't mean them. So divisive. He did more campaign events for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton did for Obama. And oh, by the way, more Bernie Sanders voters voted for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton voters voted for Barack Obama in 2008. But again, you have voters making electoral decisions based on propaganda. Others like Beatrice Abetti of Bonita Springs, Florida, switched to Mr. Biden after Warren suspended her campaign, viewing Sanders as a general election risk. Abetti, an author and former pro pro professor, said centrist Republicans she thought were critical to an electoral college victory and saw Mr. Sanders as a fringe leftist even if she supported his policies. Quote, I could wait for four more years for Medicare for All and the Green New Deal and go with Biden just to get Trump out of office because that's my number one thing. So here you have multiple manufacturing consents. On one end, you have, he's a fringe leftist, which she has been fed time and time again from CNN, MSNBC. He's never got anything done. He's, he's, he's just a protester. When in reality, his legislative record, he got more done than Elizabeth Warren. He's gotten way more done uh, than Pete Buttigieg. Joe Biden might have gotten more shit done that was toxic and racist and terrible. But Bernie Sanders is not a fringe leftist. He has compromised in the Senate, even with terrible Republicans like John McCain. They called him the Amendment King. And frankly, I don't really think Bernie Sanders did a hell of a job making the case for himself that he is, has been an effective legislator. But here you have her thinking he's some fringe left, leftist, when in reality, he's, a, he's been a very effective senator. You got the Veterans Health Bill. He got $9 billion towards community hospitals, snuck into Obamacare, the Defense, um, the War Powers Act, he got implemented, and a whole lot of other things he got implemented. But fringe leftist, you also have her under the, under the delusion, because this is what the corporate media has fed to her, that Biden is somehow the better choice against Trump, even though Biden's not polling that well against Trump right now, even though Biden, frankly, the media has been hiding it. They don't talk about it. They don't comment on it. Can barely construct full sentences. 
can barely do a four-minute interview on CNN or MSNBC without losing his train of thought, and he needs to be reading from notes. He can't speak off the cuff or from the heart because there's clearly something going on cognitively. That's the better choice to take on Donald Trump and over 200 million the Republican Party has waiting there? Well, because the corporate media told her so, it is so. And by the way, can I just say, and I do have this problem with older folk, maybe you, a 69-year-old with Medicare, maybe you can wait four more years for Medicare for all at, a, at 69. Maybe you can afford to wait 69, 69 years old for four more years of Medicare for all. Maybe you at 69 years old, uh, we, we could have the Green New Deal later because you'll be dead by the time it's all burning down. I'm sorry, but this kind of uh, selfishness is a major problem in America. This kind of, well, I got mine. You shouldn't have yours because, I don't know, because. Her fears were specifically tied to the belief that Mr. Trump could win by highlighting a good economy against Mr. Sanders' message of radical change. Now that the spread of the coronavirus has caused sweeping unemployment and a historic drop in stock prices, Ms. Abedi acknowledged that the political landscape had shifted. Still, she said, I thought never Trump Republicans wouldn't vote for Sanders and more people who support Sanders would vote for Biden. So it's with a heavy heart that I've decided to back Biden. Oh my God, these people... They think they're, pun- they're pundits because all they do is listen to gas bag pundits who know nothing about anything. They don't know the pulse of America. The pundits on CNN don't know the pulse of America. The pundits on MSNBC are paid not to know the pulse of America. So, oh, God, this poor lady. And I know I'm mad at her, but at the same time, I feel bad for her. Miss Abetti, let me spell it out for you, okay? These never thought these never Trump Republicans, yeah, they're not going to vote for Bernie Sanders. You know who else? Who else they're not going to vote for? Joe Biden. You want to know how how we know? Because they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Because they're full of shit. That there is no such thing as moderate Republicans anymore, ma'am. Moderate Republican is Nancy Pelosi. Moderate Republican is Chuck Schumer. Your idea of a moderate Republican? is really a Tea Party radical. That's how far things have moved in the last decade. So, yeah, they're not going to vote for Bernie Sanders, the moderate Republicans. They're also not voting for Joe Biden. I'm telling you. Maybe Bill Kristol will, but the majority will not. They'll either stay home or vote for Trump. And you know what's a bigger voting block than the moderate Republicans to court? Latinos, which is the fastest-growing demographic in America, that Bernie Sanders was crushing with. Younger voters, yes, I know during the primary, Bernie wasn't as successful as he thought he would be. But I think during a general election one-on-one, I think Bernie Sanders would have a much better chance at bringing out a record number of young people than Uncle Joe Biden, who is talking about his record player and can't finish full sentences. But this is what manufacturing consent does. It makes you go against your heart to go with your brain that has been brainwashed by Rachel Maddow, Wolf Blitzer, Nate Silver, and the rest of these gas bags. And you want to know something that's so striking? I'll put the article in the super chat. 
there's not one person that they spoke with, not one, who actually said that they support Joe Biden because they support Joe Biden or his policies. It's all basically just like, well, you know, this is what this will what will work. This is what will defeat Trump. None of them support Joe Biden because they support Joe Biden. And you want to know how you lose elections? With that kind of low enthusiasm.